Welcome to Garden Thoughts. On this podcast, I talk about different ideas, concepts, and perspectives. I want to explore the brain in different ways and tap into the untapped areas of the mind. Invest in yourselves and think on your own. Have some fun and enjoy. All right, cool, cool. And we're back. Uh, We're going to call this, uh, excuse me, let me introduce who we have on here. So we have uh, Sam and Chris, not Christian. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, either one works for me, but sure, you can call me Chris. Doesn't matter. (laughs) Cool, cool. Um, So yeah, we're going to start a new thing here. It's going to be called, what, Wonder Wednesday, something like that. Wisdom Wednesday, we'll go, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll, we're kind of just trying things here. But uh, um, basically what this is going to entail is every Wednesday we're going to talk about, you know, big um, topics, big so- maybe solutions, different perspectives and ideas. Um, and hopefully we can kind of, you know, see what we're capable of as humans and get some dialogue going into different discussion talks. Um, but I think it's going to be pretty fun. So we'll, we'll see what it holds. But um, for today, we've got a couple of topics here and how it'll be run um, for each Wednesday. We're going to have about five to ten minutes or so. Pretty lenient. Maybe it won't be. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I but, know we could run into some tangents. But... <laughs> it'll well, be a good Wednesday. That's all conversation is, is tangent. So that's that's what it might be. But um, yeah, we'll just ask some questions. And the thing about the questions, too, that I think is important to note is that these questions, we haven't really thought about them. So what we did was we all kind of thought of different topics and we kind of collaborated together and, and then we kind of limited and put, you know, five, six questions together. But the thing about it was we, we wanted to talk and expand about the questions, but we didn't want to think about them in advance. So on this episode, it's basically going to be our first impression upon that question, which I think is going to be kind of neat. Um, but yeah, you boys ready to go? Yeah, of all course. right, let's, let's get it. Here we go. So Top or excuse me, question topic number one: Aliens are they out there? Okay, so because this is this I'll, is a big question. Yeah, I think they hypothetically could be out there, given that we exist. But I think the chance is very low, and it, if we do find them, they'll I think they'll be pretty far off. Because just the chances of life existing. Well, the thing is, like, like, it's so weird to think about, like, us and what's out there. Because for us, we all have our daily, you know, struggles and problems. And it all the world seems to be around you, focused on you. And the big thing about it is, is that there is so much out there. It is Mm -hmm. so vast out there. It's insane. Like, it's it's not even comprehensible. Like think about it. And I've said this, I think earlier with you guys too, is like we're in St. Michael, Minnesota, St. Michael, Uberville, Minnesota. Then we're in Wright County, you know, and then we're in Minnesota and then the U S and then we're in North America and then the world. And then our world's within the solar system. And then with, within that solar system, we're in the universe and dude, it's just, and there's many billions upon billions of different planets and stars and things like that. So, I mean, in my opinion, I think there's a very, very, very good chance that aliens are out there. You know, I have to agree with that. I feel like there's just so many different planets out there and just the expanse of the universe that we really haven't even touched. Like, I believe that we only know, what is it, 5% of life in the ocean? Yeah, and that's, and that's, just, in the, and that's just in Earth. <laughs> and that's just on our own little planet. Like, there are things down there that we have no idea even exist. So mm-hmm. I feel like the chances are extremely high. 
But now um, the difference is I feel like would be, you know, just like a microbe, you could consider that alien life versus like another species like ourselves. That's a good point. Possibly even higher. But I don't know. I feel like it's interesting that we've been sending out radio signals for, I don't know, since like what, the 50s or 60s, -hmm. like basically cries out for like help, I guess. not help, cries out for just seeing if anyone else is out there. And obviously we haven't gotten any response, but my thing is like, we're probably just, the reason why we haven't found any yet is just the universe is so large that we we're not even like touching any of it really. And maybe they don't even respond to the type of signals we send out. They could be so much more advanced that that signal could just be nothing more than like, you know, something that messes up our Wi-Fi. Yeah. Isn't it weird too? Like, what if do you think if there are aliens out there if the question or if the answer to that is yes do you think it'll be in our lifetime that we'll be able to see that or do you think it'll be like in many 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 years i think it'll extend farther beyond our like lifespans really because well I think that right now, if we just use the technology we have, we don't have a good chance of finding anything. But I think that after a good amount of time, we'll be able to send better signals and make ourselves out there more. Because like right now, it's kind of like squirting a squirt gun into a canyon. You're not going to get much. And, you know... That's a good point. Yeah. Um... You're not going to find much with... Well, like, the thing is, too, like, what... How do you define what an alien is? Like, when you guys hear, like, an alien, like, what are you guys picturing? See, I don't know. I'm picturing something that has, you know, it's um, biologically, like, sound. So it follows the... I don't remember the exact rules, but I don't remember. It's like it needs water or something and, you know, needs Kind of be self-sufficient on that. Self-sufficient needs energy or whatever. But the thing is, for all we know, that could be... You know, what if what we find is like some sort of technology out there that's just self-sufficient on its own? Then do we consider that life? Because I feel like at the same time, maybe the reason why we're not finding it is because we're looking at the wrong place. Because we're looking for places that have water. We're looking for places that are close enough to the like perfect distance from a star. Like for all we know, we, there, there's some of those planets that don't need that to have life. And we could be so far off that that's why we're not finding anything right now. But I personally don't think we're going to find it for a while because... We have no idea what we're doing. <laughs> we're just sending random signals and hoping something comes back. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I mean, you're just trying to be wrong less. And so I don't think we'll ever be right in what we do, but we're just trying to minimize what we're wrong at. And then over time, you know, maybe we can kind of figure out and get on the right path and try to extend that way. But um, all right, we'll wrap up this question here, but we'll all kind of go around and say our own conclusions. So. You know, aliens are there? Out, are they out there? I mean, for me, I gotta, I gotta say there are. I mean, there, there's too much out there to say. There's like, it's just us. There's no way. There's no way it's just us out there. Like, it's so big, and I think we get caught up in the trap of like we we think we're kind of at the center of the universe, but I think we're very, very small. And the choices and at, or, you know, like what we do in our lifetime may seem big or significant, but I think there's a lot more out there. It's kind of like, uh, what's that uh, What's that movie called? Horton Hears a Who? Oh, a yeah. Little... <laughs> dude, I think about that all the time. I'm like, dude, we could just be in a little flower, a little atom of another huge universe. We have no idea. 
Yeah. That's that's just wild. Or we could even be part of something bigger, like some bigger organism. Yeah, like exactly. We could be some kind of bacteria on something else. <laughs> exactly, dude. Like we could just, just be yeah, a little, little sponge in a whole different world. And then that yeah. world has its own universe. Like it's it's nuts. It's nuts. Um, but what do you guys gonna what do you guys think on that to conclude? I think well the universe is pretty much infinite. So there's gotta be life somewhere but i don't think it's well life is really hard to just come out of it's hard to get life out of nothing so i think it's gonna be a long time before we discover it that's just my thoughts yeah i personally think that there is life out there probably very intelligent life as well but you know if you put it into perspective like, let's say great white sharks and crocodiles have been on Earth for, what, 200 million years? Something they said like they're relatively unchanged. And look at how they they haven't really gone out discovering. Like, sharks have never gone, you know, past the ocean. They haven't gone onto land. So if you put that into perspective, humans have not been on Earth for that long. And we really haven't tried discovering much outside our own planet besides, like, NASA and a couple other space agencies. So I don't think we're really trying that hard. And even if we were... It's just, it will take a long time. Like, I don't even think generations from now, we'd still probably have no idea if things exist out there. And that's just in my perspective. But I do believe there's life out there just because of how many planets and how many different systems are out there. But yeah, it's just, it's just weird to think about how, for me personally, that those types of species on Earth have been trying, you know, they have had the ability to evolve and change, but they haven't really... I guess done anything significant like for the like for their species and so as humans like if you put that into our perspective like we haven't been able to do that much either in regards to finding things outside of our own planet but we still haven't found everything on our own planet not even close <laughs> to the ocean it's so wild it's it's insane 100 percent. so that, that was a you know it's a great question i personally i think it's a great question because it, it leads to curiosity And, you know, for all of us, like thinking about that question for the first time, like right there on the spot, I think it's kind of neat because it kind of pulls out what you're curious about and like how far you're curious about that certain thing. So I think that's kind of cool. We'll move on to the second one here. So second one here is the second topic or question. The limits of a human, you know, what are they? What do they entail? Um you know, physically, mentally, spiritually, you know, do we even have limits or do we create that those ourselves? I guess I'll start. I think we do have limits and over time, it's kind of like an asymptote. Like we slowly get closer and closer to our full potential, but we'll never like We'll never actually hit a maximum, but we'll get closer and closer to a certain point and never hit it. So is that kind of like, I'm trying to like fully understand what you're saying. Is that kind of like trying to reach per- perfection, but never sustaining that? Yeah. And just the continual climb? Yeah. Well, just the like aiming for better and better, not necessarily perfection, but just trying to be the last person. Gotcha. Well, I guess that I think that physically humans will always have some sort of limit. 
like there are th- certain things you can do to push yourself like past normal limits, I guess. Like for instance, taking the use of like what steroids, mm-hmm. taking different yep. performance, performance enhancement drugs. But then that's like where you define what a limit is. Are you talking about like the natural limit? Cause you could like, you know, I just want to see, you could see guys like trying to do the long jump, but like just let them juice up as much as they can. And th- that'd right. be a different type of limit. But I think that there is, yeah, a limit. Like you can't just keep increasing to the point where, I guess you just got to look at something that's pretty crazy in regards to a human to see that, oh, there's definitely no way they can reach that. Like, there's no way a guy could jump like a 10 story building. Do you think, though, like through like generations and time to come that like as we because like we've broken, you know, like the four mile um, or excuse me, the four minute mile. Right. And that was again, like scientifically proven that it couldn't be done, but then it was like done and then everybody did it. Cause I feel like that hap- or it happens a lot and it's going to happen a lot more. And like, do you think that like goes through DNA then? Do you think that's something that like, you know, will just continually to get better? Like I just saw um, a couple of weeks ago, some video was talking about by like 2050 or something like that. Or no, sorry. That's way too close. That's too early. Yeah, for- I think I it was 2,500 then it must've been, I don't know, something like that. Anyway, that's not the point. The point is, like, as humans, the average height of us was going to be, like, 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. That was going to be, like, the average height. And I think right now it's, like, 5'9", five, 5'10". Five, yeah, hold and on. The, and, like, what causes that, do you think? Is it just by DNA? Is it just by, like, continual, like, like what is that? See, I don't know, though. I don't know if that's going to be necessarily the case anymore. Because back then, like, what, tr- like, pushed humans to grow and become either smarter, more intelligent was, like, that whole idea of what natural selection, which is basically like the survival less, of the fittest, basically the less fit ones, whether that be you know the less intelligent or the less physically capable, the ones with the weaker immune system, like if they died, you know, they wouldn't have a chance to reproduce. Whereas today, you know, that same person, you bring them to today's standards, they could find someone, they could have a child and continue that, I guess, different genetic path. Whereas before it wouldn't have been fit. Now, it would, but the difference is, I feel like mentally there is not really a set limit because if you look at how technology has increased over the past, um, just like over the entirety of human history, it's been pretty exponential. Like it's crazy that you know a hundred years ago we wouldn't even think of going into outer space really, or we were, but it was like very early stages. And then by mm-hmm. you know fifty years added onto that, we were on the moon. I mean, I believe right. I believe we went onto the moon. Some people say it's a conspiracy, isn't but isn't that weird? Like off topic, but isn't that weird though? <laughs> I don't know. I, I personally believe that we we did go to the moon, but I feel like you have to. Just just in that regard, though, you can see how much we progress as a species mentally, because so much like physically doesn't really matter as much anymore. So long as like you're breathing and you're capable, I feel like people are starting to get pushed to their mental limits every day, though, and some people can break that. So like more on the mental. Yeah. Well, basically just people, I feel like as I keep pushing themselves, become more intelligent and they pass on their like different genetics to their kids. Mm-hmm. And especially because like two very intelligent people will probably find each other more attractive rather than one person that's more intelligent being attracted to someone less intelligent, no, not gotcha. to offend anyone, but right, that's, just, right. that's just typically, you know, how it goes. Yep. And so when that happens, their kid will, it's not Follow guaranteed, suit. but there's a chance that the kid will become more intelligent than their parents or just as intelligent. And 
I feel like that's how it's been continued as well. Yeah, going off that too, because I really want to talk about the uh, within this question, the limits of a human, um, like on the mental side of things, where like not even mental, just you know our mental capacity and how much of the brain we actually use. Um, I wish I knew a lot more about the brain. Um, hopefully, we can figure that out in the the next few years or so. But um, I think it's kind of interesting to think about, right? Because we always hear like you only use twenty percent of your brain. Or something like that do you think we'll ever you know like be able to surpass that in a great demand well i mean first like i feel like we like have to at some point right yeah i guess but like that idea of the 20 percent, i feel like is kind of skewed in my opinion yeah. i guess like where do we even get that number from like that's i think that's just a false number right, right. that's I, just i know that we'd use more than 20 percent, though it's just I guess, actively focusing on something. Because, like, your brain's working at 100% capacity all the time. If it wasn't, something's wrong, right? Something will right. go wrong. Like, that's when things happen, like spasms. Mm-hmm. That's when things happen where you got, you're got you starting to get just different disorders and diseases because your brain's not telling your body what to do correctly. But a normal, healthy human, I guess, is pretty much functioning at full capacity. Now, I think what we're trying to figure out here is, like, what we focus on consciously now, if we focus on something consciously 100% of the time, that'd be crazy because I know that I, I think in psychology or something, we take in so much information, just our eyes alone, but our brain subconsciously filters that. Isn't that, isn't that crazy? Just so, so, just so our like conscious selves don't get overwhelmed. So are you saying we look at, so when we look or we use our eyes, right, our brain filters everything else that we're not focusing on? Pretty much like. You look at the, uh, you can have peripheral That's vision. Wild. So like, I'm not really focusing on that, but if some, I, you know, something comes flying at me from the side of my face, I'll probably duck, you know, if I'm fast enough, but cause like, so that's sweet though, because really what that's saying is it's where your focus is. So if you're focusing on a certain or, um, object in front of you, that's where the focus is. That's what you're going to read in your mind. That's what's going to relay your eyes to your brain. But like, and then you're not focusing on your um, peripherals. But if you look and focus still on that object, but you're focusing on the peripherals, that's what you're going to take in. Isn't that weird how you, like you can look at one thing? Is that, is that what I feel like it's kind of the same thing, right? Yeah. I mean, just like, I mean, that's just an example, but I'm just talking about in general for everything. Right. Like, think about all the sounds, all the feelings that we have. Like you don't notice your shoe, like the feeling of the bottom of your foot. probably against the bottom of your shoe because it's kind of unnecessary because you're focusing on something else probably now if i were to tell you that now you're now you're now you're thinking about how your foot is rubbing against the bottom of the chair it's because your brain can your brain is very powerful at focusing on one thing but it's very inept at multitasking like insanely insanely bad at multitasking you know i mean you've been told that probably but it's just incredible it's incredibly bad (laughs) basically yeah, dude, I, I love it. Also, your nose is always visible, but your brain just filters it out. So you're always subconsciously like not seeing your nose. What? Exactly. It's, it's always right there really? in front of you. It's crazy. Really? Dude, that's wild. Holy cow. And there's there's so many other things that I'm sure that we can perceive if we focus on, but we're not really aware of it. Yeah. Like if you look down, if you're just like walking around per se, 
and you you know you look down at your shoes or something you wouldn't notice really that you have a big stain on it if you weren't focusing like you you can see it like your eyes were looking at it and they took in that information but since you weren't focused on it it didn't really mean anything to you now if someone points it out then you're like oh shoot like there's something on my shoe and it's just weird to think that I there's think... so much capacity for different things but your brain is just subconsciously filtering it all out which i feel like is a good thing because imagine if you had to control your heartbeat consciously that'd be that'd be challenging i feel like yeah yeah that, that would suck ultimately but i think also just to take it a little bit deeper i think it's you know going off of what you said i think it is beneficial because you know think about you know the you know you have positivity but think about the negativity that you'd have to you know actively focus on and so if if something bad happens right and you don't know about like let's say you know like sometimes like when people are in you know war battle right and they get shot or something like in the movies right where they get shot and then they don't realize that's until in, later that's in real life too though it's not just in the right movies. it's not just the movies but you know where like all of a sudden they're not focusing on it. they don't really know right because you don't know what you don't know right and so they kind of go you know move on for a little bit and then it, they focus back onto it and then that's when you know the, the panic the, the struggle the fear of everything yep. rushes back the stress of it even like you know thinking about like a test like focusing on and it's just all about focus like if you focus on you know the bad more times than not more bad things will happen but if you focus on the good more good things tend to happen well, yeah or actually that could just be a matter of perspective because those things all happen simultaneously but it's like what you like what you said what you choose to focus on 100 percent, and, and, like, it, and like it's you, all what your focus is on it's all of what your perspective is and you know even taking a, a further step think about it generationally with you know you know success and you know not having that of the certain level of success of you know putting yourself Hold up. Where the heck am I going with this? I'm kind of getting lost <laughs> in my head right now. No worries. But like thinking about, let me try to see what I was, I'm trying to say because I, I have it in my mind. I just need to verbalize it. So like you have success or you don't have success. And basically what you're looking at is like the good and the bad. We'll just keep it in simple terms. So like you could, fo if you all you focused on was the good, wouldn't all like more good things happen rather than like seeing the bad in it? Like kind of the half full, half empty kind of thing. Yeah, it's the whole like because it's your because like it's again like what you said. It's your own perspective, but like you have the ability to to focus on either side. So like yeah. ultimately, it's your perspective on that. Do you think that? I don't think I verbalized that well, but I'll have, I'll, I'll try to think about that more. But no yeah. worries. Do you think that if, for example, an optimist looks at the good things, that better things will happen to them or things will just appear better to them? De I definitely think, think things will appear better. I, I don't personally believe that just because you look at something good uh, means that like good things are just going to be attracted to you. But I do believe that with a positive outlook... It's definitely helpful. I'll say that. Like, it's better to be an optimist in most cases than a pessimist. But I just feel like it's not magical. No. But it does make it's more appearance, which is actually a pretty good skill to have, right? Because if you're, if you, let's say you start a business and you fail, like basically everything's gone. If you're a 
optimist, you can find something out of that. You can learn from right. it because you'll, you'll, you know, you'll be, you'll have those tendencies to do and find good and what's not good. Right. And that could help lead to success. Whereas if you were a pessimist, you'd probably give up, quit, go back to your nine to five, start the cycle or not even start the, you just be back in your old cycle, basically. It's all perspective. All right. We'll wrap that one up and we'll, we'll move on to the next one here. All right. Third one. Why do we dream? I think that it's kind of the brain being let loose because like your subconscious kind of kicks in and your brain, well, when you're fully conscious, your brain limits you from doing certain things. Like I wouldn't just jump out the window or something Mm -hmm. and your brain kind of loses the grip of, oh, maybe I shouldn't do this when you're dreaming because, well, I don't know. It's kind of just the brain wandering freely, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like personally, dreaming really lets you look into the perspective of the brain. Um, I believe that around, you know, you look at an iceberg, the tip of it would be like your conscious mind. Mm -hmm. And then like all of the, the rest of the iceberg that's under the water would be your subconscious and I feel like your subconscious gets kind of let loose all your like feelings and emotions and experiences from the day might be present in your dream like that's not for certain for you know maybe your dreams are just they're not they're not relevant and they just could be random thoughts right yeah but I personally feel like they definitely have an effect and I feel like they could be just like Sam said just the brain being let loose a little bit because I know that I don't know if you guys have ever experienced sleep paralysis that's scary, but basically, I personally haven't. <laughs> okay, so like I, I think there's only one time I've experienced it, but it's crazy. Like you're in bed. Wait, what is that? Okay, so sleep paralysis is where, like, you're conscious, and you can like you know that you can like you know you you know, you're you know that you're awake. You know that you're awake and you're in reality, <laughs> but your your brain actually shuts down your body from moving, so then you don't act on your dreams and you're sleeping. So you know you're awake, but you can't move, and it's. It, it's so weird. Wait, hold it was on. so scary. So you, you can here you can search that up if you wanted to real quick. Sleep paralysis. Yeah, it's. I mean, like some people see demons and stuff. I, I mean, I didn't. I just felt it was weird because I was like conscious that I was awake, but I couldn't move. Like I remember being so on my like stomach. you know you're up. Yeah, you're but you're awake. You can't but you... physically move. Uh-huh. All right, this is like what we got. Seeing dreams in the real world. No, you're just awake. Oh. And it's just a battle of the subconscious and the conscious because subconsciously, like your your body is being shut down by your subconscious brain, but you're consciously awake, and it's just a struggle because I I remember I I couldn't really break out of it. It just really? came to a point where it stopped, but it was it was at first it was a little scary. It was actually really scary because it's it's a different experience to never to not be able to know how to move yeah. unless you're like paralyzed, which I mean that's why it's called paralysis, right? right? But that thing was, it was so super scary and definitely a new experience for me. And I won't forget it. (laughs) So this this is what it says here. Sleep paralysis is a feeling of being unable to move either at one onset of sleep or upon awakening. The individual senses and awarenesses are intact, but they may feel as if there is pressure on them or as if they are choking. It may be accompanied by hallucinations and intense fear. See, yeah, I definitely had some, I had some fear at first. But, like, it got better because I realized that, like, as you calm down, like, it slowly goes away. I know for some people this is really bad, right? 
like really so, bad and so that's tr- why that's why like, yeah. oh, have you, you should uh triggers of this is like sleep deprivation um different jet lags stress um and it, ha- it says it's most likely to occur during your adolescence yeah but hold on if you want to see something interesting you should search up uh, sleep paralysis like drawings and you can see what people drawings people have oh, seen gosh. people have <laughs> seen when they were in sleep paralysis for me oh, it was just i don't know if oh I, lord i don't know if i could like i just was a kid so i didn't really imagine i didn't really like think about that many things but i just couldn't move huh. it was weird but so yeah people that's, see demons. that's terrifying i don't want to look at that anymore <laughs> no i mean it's just Holy weird though cow. it could be different for everybody because like i said i didn't have demons i didn't see like the devil choking me on my bed. It was just me not being being able to move. That's and still scary. It was though. still pretty so do you, scary. So do you think dreaming is good overall for the human body and the mind? I think it's nice to let loose. Yeah, the catharsis. You know, you. I think it's nice too because, you know, it almost, not in all cases, but in some cases, I think you can kind of run through different simulations of what might happen, right? And so like, if let's say you have like a bad dream and like you get kidnapped or something or something's chasing you. Right. I think we've all had a dream like that. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like f- almost fun to think about if that was real, what would I do? I think it's almost beneficial that way to almost prepare you in like a <laughs> fake simulation type environment for you to actually use that in the real world. You know, I mean, I feel like people would laugh at that, but I honestly agree with it, right? Like, that's definitely something that you can take lessons from. Like, obviously, there's some random ones that are just kind of, like, irrelevant. Yeah, we all but have there, been, yeah. But there are some realistic ones where, like, I don't know, I had a dream once where I was, like, making a speech, right? And I remember mm-hmm. to, like, walk back and forth and make eye contact. It was just kind of weird. But, right. but then, you know, you just get reminded of those things. And it was probably because of my public speaking class and being reminded of what to do during the day. See, that's too, or that's cool too, because our dreams are always like triggered of like what we're thinking about subconsciously. And that, so like when letting loose, like when we're kind of just having those thoughts bubble around in our heads, kind of twirl around, I think it's really cool to see because that's, it kind of puts on display of what really was kind of hiding in the back closet, right? And now it's pulled out and it's like, this is what we're kind of thinking about. And I think you can learn a lot about yourself on what you're subconsciously thinking about. If it's good, you know, keep doing what you're doing. If it's bad and maybe you want to change what you're thinking about, maybe it takes different steps. But I think it's ultimately like looking in the mirror and seeing what do, what am I actually like? Who am I as like as a person? And you can almost read yourself off of that. Yeah. Um, uh I forgot what I was going to say. Sorry. <laughs> that's all right. That's no all right. Worries. If you guys have anything more you want to say on this, let it rip. Otherwise, I'm going to move on. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like with the dream thing, again, I just feel like it's a battle of, you know, it's just a matter of subconscious and conscious. It's where your conscious can take a break from focusing and doing like, I guess, the important and serious stuff. But then the subconscious gets kind of let loose. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it, it could be a reflection Sometimes it could just be random sporadic thoughts. Like you, you could have a thought and not know why it happened. Like there might not really be a cause for it, but at the same time, it could be, it could have some meaning. I think with each thought, you know, as little, little as it may seem as stupid and funny as it may seem, I think there's always some kind of takeaway you can get from that or some little lesson you can learn from, you know, even if it's, if, if, it, if it is something big, if it is something small, I think there's always a little nugget you can at least pull from 
and then you can kind of keep that in your repertoire and just kind of move along with it. I guess so. I mean, that's I mean, that's kind of how you can look at humor, right? You can find out a lot about a person based on what they find funny. Whether I mean, most of the times it's how mature they are as a person. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, right. but it's it still reveals a big part of who a person is yeah. just by their humor. So, like you said, I guess by thoughts and certainly by actions, you can figure out what a person's like. Yeah. Hundred percent. All right, we'll move on here. Next question: What if what we feared could help us? Let that sink in a little bit. What if what we feared could help us? What do you guys think about that? I think to a certain extent it can, because if you are able to face your fears you can get over that but not only can you get past those fears you'll be less less susceptible to future fears like if you're afraid of public speaking for example you might be less and you get over that fear you might be less afraid of working with other people and other things like that you could cover other fears, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what are you thinking here? I, I feel like fear can actually really help someone succeed. Now, it's not always positive, but I feel like it is beneficial. Like, you might not want to think about it, but a fear of failing a test might trigger you to study more. You and also have to have the self-awareness of not letting fear overcome you. That's true, too, because that's, that's panic. And, you know, the number one rule in any case where you're afraid is to not panic because that can really uh, skew what your thinking is. I mean, it's, it's pretty difficult to not panic in some cases. Like if you're drowning, that's, you know, it's, it's pretty understandable to panic. Yeah. That's but why, at the that's same why time, I think it's super, super important and valuable to, and I've said it so many times, but to stay neutral and not let emotions or different, you know, different triggers around you, fluctuate your own life like if you can just stay where you are and you know basically have a shield around you that you know different outside you know voices and you know actions may try to break in you but just kind of bounces off i think that's you know everything because because now you're in your own kind of place yet you're not like i think it's good to be in your own bubble with that but i think it's good to be aware of the outside but not let that outside judgment affect you so with fear, all fear is, you know, I think there's two types of fear, right? You have the the external fear, fear from different, you know, um, maybe a subject or different um, important thing coming up or from different people. Or you have the fear of inside yourself of what you didn't do or maybe of what's coming up as well. And so I think there's two different types of fears that you have to break down. Um, but yeah, fear, I mean, I, th- I think it can help us. I mean... Not even. Let me rephrase that. I, I I really do believe that fear helps you because I know I someone told me this and I forgot who it was, but fear when they kind of explained it to me and this is kind of based off this question too, which is kind of neat. Um, they basically had is like fear. You can think about it, you know, a couple different ways as well. Where think about yourself here, right? And there's like a rock here, right? And so the fear is like coming at you and you can either just get pushed by it or you can use that and put it behind you and get pushed with it. So let's say 
um, for example, you have a test coming up, right? You can look at that test and be scared by it and panic and be like, oh gosh, and then you're right. And so it's coming right at you. Or you can look at it, take all that fear, put it right behind you and let it push and drive you forward. You know, yeah, I agree with that. I mean, quote from Mike Tyson is, he said, fear is basically a fire. If you can control it, you have so much power. You have so many, you have so much capability to do things that you want to do. But then he said, you let that thing loose like a fire. It'll burn you in the inside. It'll destroy your life. So I think, I think it's just a matter of, because fear can be pretty beneficial in helping you focus too. Because if you think about like a e- really easy class, for example, where you, you have a test coming up, you know it's not going to be difficult. And then you don't study. Then you find out you actually did pretty poorly on it. Like that's just a matter of not being afraid of it. But I think there's just like Sam said as well, a certain extent, like you can't let it overtake you. But yeah. it can definitely, you can use it to your benefit. You just got to put it in the right places and let it fuel you almost. You just got to, you got to feed it a little bit just like a fire, but don't let it, don't let it explode on you. You need to kind of acknowledge the fear and think, what's the best thing I can do with this? Will it help me or do I need to fix this or get over it? Because like something, some people have silly fears. Like, I mean, but maybe that's silly, just for you, though. But I mean, like being scared of the dark, which is OK. I'm scared of the dark. <laughs> So what's that mean? I mean, it's maybe it's a survival instinct, to be honest. <laughs> like, what if there's someone <laughs> in my house? But it's exactly right. <laughs> honestly, I think sometimes you don't need fears, which sometimes it's better to keep them, but just to acknowledge them and ignore them for the time being. Boom. All right. Next question. How will the world be run in the future? What's that going to look like? What's that going to entail? Well, you can look at this in one of two ways. One is humanity. Don't say robots. No, I'm not. <laughs> robots. <laughs> no, one is, you know, humanity doesn't destroy itself. And we work together to build a better future, a better society. I know one thing is for sure. It's not going to be run the same as today. I mean, it depends on how far into the future you're looking. You look tomorrow. It's not going to be that much different than today. But you look 50, 100, 200, 300, things can start to get really different really quickly in that regard. Because 100, 200 years from now, unfortunately, I, I didn't want to bring this up, but a lot of these jobs will probably be AI, right? Like think about a surgeon. Think about how many mistakes surgeons make across the world every day. They kill people on accident. But with a robot, you know, those things, the robots don't make that same mistake, especially you know, there's one, there's a difference between, I guess there's like robots that can be controlled and robots that like do it themselves, which is what AI is. Like, uh, if you want to search up, it's called the Da Vinci machine. I think me and Sam, yeah, we we use this at the state fair, but basically it's like a very precise machine that is controlled by a person, but like, you don't have to be as stable as you would like have to be if you were a surgeon. And you can control it remotely from Let's see so many miles like away. But it's crazy. I think that surgery specifically will never be fully robotically controlled. But I think 
things like this machine will help and be more common in hospitals. So what's this doing here? It looks like, uh, is this, so like this machine is doing all the work? So this person's controlling it. Yep. And it's interesting. He can control it from across the world if he wanted to. But what he's doing is he's looking through so a he's, microscope. So he's controlling the machine. The machine's yep. doing the work. But the machine is very precise, right? Mm. It doesn't make, like if you screw up a little bit on the Da Vinci machine, it would be less of a mistake than if he were to actually be holding the scissors himself. Hmm. And it's kind of crazy because it's very, very microscopic. And you can see like how it controls it. It's like very smooth too. Yeah, that's... So you can make like very precise moves and it's obviously less tiring on the hands, less tiring yeah, on the shoulders. That's wild. During like an eight hour, nine hour, 10 hour surgery. And it's just crazy. I feel like things like that will definitely change the future. Mm -hmm. I'm not so sure. I can't really speak on politics or how the government will be run because I have no idea, but... It could honestly end up anywhere on politics. The, like, we could end up with a communist controlled world not that that's good but anything could happen in a, in enough time yeah the way okay so like when i hear the question the first thing i thought of is like how it will be run as in like energy and like that kind of like scenario or that kind of uh, outlet there because so i just watched um on netflix the inside bill gates's head or something like that okay inside his brain and uh on that I was talking about he's trying to work on this nuclear um energy which is like kind of like a no-no to talk about right now because of the past failures it kind of brings it back to fear right and people don't want to go back to because um, back to the explosion chernobyl exactly and chernobyl then the and then the one in japan and actually what happened on the japan one was uh they you know had it in the water to cool down and what was it the tsunami or some kind oh, of oh yeah wave yeah came. it was a tsunami um and it knocked all the power down but so they have backup generators but for that one the generators were down below for some reason that's where they put them when they designed it and so the water came in and flooded all of them um and then so now with the no power there was no um like for water they couldn't cool the system so it overheat and it was basically like a boiling pot and it just um exploded from the um or a pressure cooker just kind of exploded from that but it was kind of cool and this is off topic but i just want to explain this a little bit for nuclear energy what he was talking about was base oh there goes a the light we'll have to work with that um but it was cool because just not even the actually how it works, but just the way he was trying to tackle the problem. I mean, he went through so many different setbacks and there was an, a political issue that happened where it basically limited him to even try it anymore. So now he has to go back to the drawing board and start something new. But it's so cool to just, it was fun to watch because the way he went about it was nothing was emotional. So like he put millions, like hundreds of millions of dollars into this system then all of a sudden he couldn't do it and it was stripped away. And it's just like, okay, so what's the next thing? What's what's the next type of issue that we can try to solve? And just there was no like, you know, self-pity of like, oh, I wish I could do this. But it just kept moving on and went to the next issue. And I thought that was kind of cool. So You think emotions will maybe be less of a factor in the future? 
you know, you in my know. opinion, I really, and this is just my thinking, my intuition here, but I think emotions are not good for critical thinking. I don't, cause like we all make those quick decisions based off of our emotions and it's just, and sometimes it's not the right decision to be made. Or maybe you said something that you really didn't mean, right? And you, exactly. if, you're, if you're angry or if you're sad or if you're happy, maybe you kind of ex- expand upon something too much when you're happy right so i think you know and we're all emotions because we're human right and so it's it's hard to not have those emotions um but the way i look at it i think it's if you just look if you imagine it this way if you just look at your emotions and observe them and you know be be aware of them but don't let them um you know come into your system and affect your decision making and judgment I think that's really good because you're having emotions, you're just looking at them and you're aware like, oh, on this because of this. And it's just more, I, th- I think it's, I think it's more logically thinking and it's more putting yourself in a better place to make better decisions because we're all trying to make better decisions to be more efficient and to find more clarity in our world. Maybe so that's what not. we got. I don't know though. I mean, to some extent, I agree with that, with the whole logic thing, taking away your, you know, I guess, setting your emotions aside. But at the same time, I honestly believe that there's a such thing as a gut instinct. I feel like I'm a, like it's there for a reason, just to make some of those quick decisions that, you know, like, for instance, I don't know, just for me personally, when I was looking at colleges, you know, you just, you walk in every campus, you meet the teachers, you meet the people, you kind of get a feel for it, right? And, 100%. That's much and I think that I think this too exactly. I think there's a certain you know point where there are certain circumstances where you know it's like good to use those emotions, but even like when you use those emotions, I think it's good to still like look at them. Yes. And like be aware, I think this because just because of this, right? Or like for an irritness, I just felt like this was the right place, right? Yep, exactly. And that happens all the time. Um but I think it's also good if like if you're pissed or if you're upset i think it's good to use that emotion to motivate and push you forward or if you're something happens something tragic maybe maybe you had a really bad life and all of a sudden something tragic happens around you maybe in your family that could completely turn your outlook on life and now you're in a put in a different position and now you're going after it that's true i mean like yeah i guess for instance like let's say you were quote-unquote bum you didn't really work. You just mm-hmm. kind of like let life do whatever it wanted to do to you. You were kind of the, I guess, the rock that was getting pushed by the waves. Yep. And then all of a sudden, like you said, something happens. Something tragic happens in the family. And all of a sudden you're like, holy crap, I need to kick up the gear a little bit. And that's the weird dynamic of it because it's like you don't use your emotions in, for the most part of, and again, this is my thinking, but if you don't use your emotions in the most part of like trying to create decisions and critical thinking but i think there's also you know good reasons why to use your emotions in certain places but that's my thinking it's back to the fear thing again like fear is one of those emotions like you said you need to see them and you can most of the time you can use them to push you forward and like most I don't know. Emotions are just really good to have, I guess. They're very impulsive, though. So 
sometimes you need to like ignore them or at least push them back sure. on bigger decisions. Sure. Yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like personally, the most important place to really make sure the emotions aren't getting the better of you is through communication, right? That's what really screws over a lot of different relationships you have with different people, let them be like parents, significant others, friends, like just take text, for example, you could put a period at the end of the sentence, just because you're pissed. And that could trigger like a whole different war, I guess, between whoever you're communicating with the I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. And then you got, you got a <laughs> that period. means if you get a text that says I'm fine, that person is not fine. Yep. That, <laughs> then you got you got issues there. Yeah. And it's just crazy because, you know, in those cases, that's where emotions get the better of you too. They're just, I mean, but then there's another case where I'm sure you've experienced this. Um, you're on the football field. You're you're down. You know, you got time is running out on the clock. Then all of a sudden you're like, Shh, like basically crap. We got to go right. And yeah. I don't know what kind of you know whether that be like anger at like how you've been performing or that be like fear of losing it just pushes you and pushes you to a whole different level and you can use that i mean i guess you know for that, that's the important part too i mean in, in anything even in business and in, in whatever it may be right when think about it too like even if when you grow old and you're running out of time right i think that that kind of feeling of running out of time even if it, you're growing older or if it's the last seconds of a game, like that kind of stress, that fear, that anxiety of like, crap, we're down or we need to pick it up and we got this amount of time. I think that helps you kind of motivate and speed up and it really turns the focus on of what's important, what's not. And you push everything that's not in your field or your view of um, vision out of the way and you focus on what's at hand. And like crisis, <laughs> it'll happen. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, I didn't think about that, but that's when you really got to take a step back, focus on what's important, what's not. And, you know, you can use your emotions to help you there, but you just can't let them get the you better. You gain a you. new perspective. Yep. All right, we'll finish it off with this question here. Um, if you guys are listening, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you guys are trying to think about this yourselves, and I think that's the fun part. Um, and I think that's, you know, it's, it's part of a reason of why I wanted to do this. We'll, we'll get a couple more going and hopefully we'll make this some form of habit. But um, we're just trying to think about, again, different questions right on the spot. And we're just trying to create our own perceptions and ideas right now. So we'll finish it off with kind of a fun one here. Um, I'll ask both of you guys and then I'll kind of say mine. But for you guys, what's your ideal day look like? I don't really know. I mean, it's hard to have an ideal day, but like, first of all, probably exercise because that exercise is important because it really gets your brain going. So just to get your mood up, you know, to get some exercise. But other than that, uh, I haven't been to the beach in a while, so that would be pretty fun. <laughs> Go to the beach. That'd yeah. Be See, I think what's what's cool about this question is like it's just pulling of what you find important or what you find fun or enjoyment in your life. And that's kind of what's brought to the surface. Yeah. So I what, mean, what do you what are you thinking, Chris? Well, um, I mean, I guess, you know, the interesting thing about this question is that if you really wanted an ideal day, today could be significantly different than 
five day or five years from now, it could be different than what five years ago was. So, but if I were to take a look at it right now, I'd say that I'd play what eighteen holes in the morning. Probably <laughs> the nicest, the nicest course in the world. I I play Augusta Pebble National, Beach. Augusta National. Augusta. I got it. That the Masters. I got it. Yeah. And then let's just say I could use teleportation, travel to uh, probably somewhere off the coast of California. I can go fishing for like two hours. I don't really eat breakfast, so then I'd have lunch right in the ocean. I'd probably catch a tuna, eat some sushi raw. Heck yeah. Dude, and then like, I don't know. And then after that, I'd play another 18. Then yeah, maybe i go to Pebble or Torrey Pines. I don't know. <laughs> and then after that, i 72 holes in play- <laughs> just keep Just keep playing and playing. And then after that, I'd... Uh, have like a nice big seafood dinner at the end of the night and then maybe a midnight snack of like really good chinese authentic chinese food and then i don't know just magically i I, actually if i had the ideal day um i'd say like i'd give myself no sleep like if that were even possible because i feel like i'd rather be experiencing things than sleeping Mm -hmm. i mean i'm it's it's not possible that's why it's quote-unquote ideal but that's that'd be my day i guess i don't know (laughs) How Dude, about you? That, that sounds epic. I'll join you on that day. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, dude. This this is kind of uh, like what Sam said. It's a weird question to think about, right? But I think it's a really good question to ask yourself because the things that – what makes an ideal day, like it's kind of like the why not or why can't I. Like every day is an ideal day if you make it that way. So like if you want to do a certain thing – it's like we you can do that certain thing. Like I think a lot of people have the perception of like, yeah, that's what a lot of people do, but I can't, right? So or there's like a lot of – or like what you kind of did, you said more of like hypothetical if if I could like, tr- like teleport and things like that, right? That's true. Right? But I think it's super interesting in that way. But for, for me, I think, you know, getting up early and like going – doing a good workout, getting the exercise, going on a run – um, doing yoga, doing some breath, having a really good, strong breakfast there. I think because I think everything with a morning leads to a good, successful day. And so, like, for my days, I want to get, you know, the ball moving. Like, I need to keep moving forward, right? I like the progression. I like the internal feeling of getting things done and feeling accomplished and keep moving forward. Like, I could have, like, something really good happening or a, a big accomplishment And that's awesome. But like really what I I try to, you know, chase is the next thing. Like I don't really want to focus on what's going on. I want to focus on what's next and keep going through that. So, I mean, from that, um, you know, after that, probably what? It's probably like 11, 12 o'clock by now. Um, From there, you know, I got to go to the baseball field. I got to throw a little bit. Um, I got to get that going on. I got to do my, you know, routine there. Um, and then maybe, you know, let's say this is the ideal day. So we go from that and then we go out and we practice, right? Cause we got a game that we have, an, uh, like a seven o'clock game, right? So we'll go out there, have some fun, um, be there with the boys and, you know, hang out. And then, uh, we'll, we'll absolutely obliterate, um, the other team. Um, I'll, I'll throw, <laughs> I'll, out, I'll throw huh? a perfect game, strike out everybody on three pitches. No one will ever touch me. um that's gonna and that's gonna be actually in the championship game sorry i forgot to mention that um that's gonna be the championship game absolutely lights out uh the twins are gonna call me out that day they're gonna offer me you know a 20 million dollar deal for you know for the next 10 years i'm gonna say yes 
Um, and then we're going to move on in that direction when that comes. Um, but then to finish the night, we're gonna I'm going to do some hot cold. I'm going to get in a sauna. I'm going to get in a cold tub back and forth, 30 minutes. Oh, um, we're going to do 10 minutes in the sauna, you know, five to 10 minutes in the cold tub. We're going to go back and forth three rounds. Um, that'll kind of get me going again and kind of, you know, bring me back down from where I was from the high, kind of bring me back down so I can have a good, nice, um, sleep for the next day. Um, and then from there, we're going to do a little bit more breathing, some yoga right after that. And then we're going to hop on a podcast and we're going to talk <laughs> about, you know, the big whys, um, in our life. And we're going to talk about, you know, what can we improve on? What, what have we learned from the past? What we're continually learning right now? And then from there, I'm going to have some uh, char- or, uh, tart cherry juice to get some melatonin myself. <laughs> and then uh, I'm going to take the, the um, contacts out and I'm going to bed. And that's that's going to be the day. It's um, a good day. See, isn't that interesting, though, how we all viewed that so differently? We all viewed it so like differently. Sam, yeah. Sam and that's I freaking his. love it. I know. It was weird because like Sam viewed his as like, I want to get exercise. And then just, you know, I'm, I'm not sure, just relax and stuff, right? Yeah. And go to the beach, right? Yeah. He yeah, wants to just he wants to enjoy life. Water. It's almost like it's almost like this question is like your last day on earth. Exactly. Right? But and like then, you just you just keep moving on. Yeah, and then it was crazy because then, you know, I took it up a little different way. I was like, I wanna do this thing now, then I do this, then I do this, then I do this, then I do this. But then I, it was kind of lenient with it. Like I wasn't specific on time. I wasn't specific on mm-hmm. really like when I would do it. Just as long as there I were would just do more it. ideas. But then when we came to you, you wanted to get this done at this time, this done at this time, and it was very just very more structured. practical there. Yeah, it was. It's crazy how even we could just see how different all of us even just thought about the question, and that yeah. that's very intriguing to me. Now that I think of now that I've heard all of our perspectives. Very much so. That's awesome. All right, so that's what we got. We went through what one, two, three, four, five, six questions there, just under an hour. That's awesome. So, um, yeah, we'll call this what Wonder Wednesday episode one. We'll do we'll do that. Sure. Um, that's what it's going to be. So every Wednesday we're going to create a, a new another uh, Wonder Wednesday. So signing off, we got the Wonder Wednesday boys here. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for having thanks for awesome. having me, Cole. Yeah, yes, absolutely, absolutely. All right, y'all have a good night. Cheers.